Welcome to the Enterprise Blockchain Review powered by Fifth Nine. On the podcast today, we'll be discussing digital asset tokenization, evolution or revolution. Today, we'll be joined by Barry James, founding chair of the British Blockchain and Frontier Technologies Association, host of ICO Radio and CEO of the Crowdfunding Center, Yakin Prabdiel, managing director at Fifth Nine, and Mark Kirby, co-founder and CEO at Coinsiege. Since our last podcast, there have been some major developments happening in blockchain and tokenization. We see big players are entering the market. Facebook will soon launch their own token called Facecoin. JP Morgan developing their own stablecoin and Microsoft building its own decentralized identity foundation. We've also witnessed the tokenization of real-world assets gaining traction. JP Morgan has announced that they will be tokenizing gold. Token Oro will soon be unveiling its preferred security token to market. And Iran's biggest banks have joined forces towards a vision of tokenizing assets on a private blockchain. Mark, any thoughts on the news? From from my perspective, it's quite interesting to see some of the bigger players coming into the market, which is, I think, good for awareness and good to see that there's entities that people look at and trust. I think that if tokens are mentioned, if blockchain's mentioned, then I think it gives a little bit of comfort, really. Um, to the global market. However, what I would say is something that I find quite interesting um, to be looking at is how does this become mainstream? And how does your JP Morgans of this world create a token that is viable for a global market and viable for the likes of HSBC to be involved with some of the other big five? Now, most probably they want everything to themselves. So this again is an area which I'm focusing on in terms of tokenization standards and how it becomes a, a global outfit rather than just individuals doing their own thing. Mark, I think your position on JP Morgan is, is a valid one. It's interesting that the traditional, no matter how obscure and esoteric people view blockchain and cryptocurrencies to be, it seems to be following the same hype cycle where three years ago we saw it as immature, early, uh, disruptive technology player. And now we're seeing that big well-founded branded names which have made their fortunes on traditional legacy models are now looking towards either the blockchain technology as a distributed business instrument of trust or as stablecoin, which is what uh, you know JP Morgan and others are looking at. So it's very interesting that the market dynamics of maturity are starting to show and by definition gaining a lot of market confidence in the blockchain movement as a whole. Yeah, actually, where it's a very interesting and probably a very important point in history, in my view, we've seen all of these big names begin to either declare or show sign of, you know, activity clearly in a way that's been thought through and long planned. I think what we're seeing is you know, within the cryptosphere, there's been a feeling that it's almost separate from the rest of the world. And we're seeing things coming together. But we're seeing people like Microsoft coming in and wanting to own territory. And I understand that they're plugging into open standards and that sort of thing. That's great. But actually, when we see these things happening, particularly against the backdrop of some of the things that are happening in regulation, it's going to be really interesting to see how this lays out in terms of the technology being absorbed into existing business models and centralized business models as opposed to decentralized and what mass adoption is going to mean in this scenario. I, I think that, that it's super interesting to understand, first of all, what exactly does tokenization mean in this new blockchain economy? I mean, previously, fractionalization was well understood as time sharing of homes. 
But what exactly does tokenization bring that is different from traditional fractionalization? Well, perhaps uh, I could comment on that. So blockchain-based fractionalization has great promise. So there's been kind of quite a lot of arguments. I'm sure uh, listeners will have heard some of them raging about, well, this blockchain stuff, it's just a really slow database and doesn't bring very much at all. The idea that there's nothing that you can do or very little that you can do that you couldn't do before. Well, obviously, when you kind of start to analyze those those arguments, they're spurious. Certainly, you couldn't solve the double spending problem. And there's a, then a whole raft of things around immutability and so on. But actually, what really matters is what you can do practically. With this technology, you can create infrastructure practically that's secure and that doesn't cost billions to put into place when you kind of start to look at fractionalization yes in principle it was doable before but in practice not really (laughs) not very much and uh, quite a high cost so the difference it seems to me is going to be the range of things that can be fractionalized the fluidity with which they can be fractionalized and and moved around and so on, and the cost involved in that. Yes, if you were to throw many, many millions at each of these things, maybe they could have been done before, but not practically. Yeah, I I totally agree with your point there, Barry. I think that also it's liquidity. I think liquidity is probably the biggest play in the market at the moment. I think Deloitte's published an article stating that potentially through tokenization, there's a possibility to unlock like trillions of dollars of euros in current illiquid assets. And I think that through fractionalizing assets opens up a huge marketplace for asset managers and family offices. And also it opens up a huge opportunity for, okay, maybe sophisticated investors, but also retail investors to be able to invest their money into assets which are producing nice returns or better returns than they're sitting in the bank. Yeah, I think, Mark, that, that's a really good point, that prior to blockchain, fractionalization of assets was pretty much limited to either large components of value being moved across. And also, it was a lumpy, high-friction process, which, as you quite rightly said, didn't allow for any form of investor, from a bedroom investor to the big financial institutions, to take advantage of these new asset classes. So I think that that's a very valuable point. Uh, What I wanted to ask is, do we really think that tokenization is the new killer app for blockchain? Simple answer, yes, but there's a longer answer. And the longer answer is that blockchain isn't really about apps. (laughs) Blockchain is about infrastructure. And in the same way as, you know, I was in boardrooms a good few years ago, late 90s or whatever, you know, trying to convince people that uh, the web was worth adopting and so on and would be asked, well, what's the killer app? To kind of ask that, it pretty much misses the point in the sense that it's actually infrastructure. It's actually a change to our environment. And look at the change that's happened to our environment since the late 90s. You know, we live in a different way. We work in a different way. 
And that's the level of change we're talking about and more. Having said all of that, my view is that the potential of tokenization is pervasive. It can change a wide range of things. It can make things more affordable, can allow people to participate and to fund things in, in ways that were never possible before. And actually, the fact that we kind of think of it as a secondary market you know the, the fluidity you know when that when that kind of comes into play we know what kind of difference and what kind of power that can have if it was just about fractionalization yeah it probably would be a kind of killer app but it's more than that mark i think we'd be very keen to understand what coinciage.io has been doing in this tokenization space if you can give us a bit of a position on how does it work and what movements you guys have seen in 2019 in respect to tokenization of assets so CoinSurge is a tech company focused on reducing compliance costs, flexibility, looking at applying blockchain technology with an open source frame of mind that allows tokenization to become a reality. We've created and self-built a protocol called CoinSurge Protocol. And the protocol has two identities. One is an open source protocol for developers to use. Second thing is a SaaS platform that implements the CoinSurge Protocol without obviously having to write any code. The protocol that we've built is a constellation of smart contracts that makes fully automated on-chain compliance possible. Now, bearing in mind that there's multiple platforms available to the marketplace at the moment that do the token security issuance. Now, that's fine. They're being successful at the moment. But from what I said earlier on in terms of a token standard, there's no token standard being put in place at the moment. Now, the reason why we built our protocol is that not only in the primary market, but secondary market, which is going to be, I would say, probably the biggest growth area over the next 12 to 18 months. But I am still waiting to see something which allows the secondary market to have these compliant checks in place. And this is the issue that this allows us to be able to secure the compliance part from the original investment. It allows the exchanges to use our open source technology to be able to implement these compatibilities within their exchanges and it allows there to be some sort of token standard throughout which also meets compliance and regulations of multiple jurisdictions. On that subject of tokenization I think Mark we're super interested to see how this secondary market starts to unfold uh, specifically when people start to recognize the value of liquidity in digital assets. Barry, I think we were super interested to see if this tokenization of digital assets will impact ICOs, whether they will drive a new world of STOs based on a Picasso coin, or will tokenization crowd out the crowdfunding world? Obviously, the STO side of things has, well, it's been decimated over the last year, to be frank. It's probably between 10 and 20% of what it was. The big move to STOs is going to be harder and is proving to be harder than people thought. You know, on a side note, Indiegogo have recently acquired quiet of equity crowdfunding because they've found it so difficult. That is an indicator. So actually, STOs have been painted as the great white hope of moving forward, but they are of necessity regulated and therefore parochial in the sense of being not global, national. So tokenization is a kind of dimension in that. I think tokenization has been part of ICOs and will be part of STOs. 
and we'll see that continue. We're super interested to understand from the fundraising perspective of how tokenization can start to act upon the building of intangible assets. Uh, you know, both you and Mark are well aware of our Sparks protocol and that model of being able to create tokens on on an intangible asset and watch it grow. I think is something that we keen to push forward and very keen on on how this will participate well with the crowdfunding and ICO markets. I think the ICO market was certainly an interesting one. There were some good things that come out of it. And I think we're seeing the benefits of that now in terms of certain jurisdictions looking at this in depth and starting to create a regulatory standard. But I think that purely looking at the securities market, it's going back to what we were talking about in terms of fractional ownership, tokenization. At the moment, I think that there's a lot of things happening. I think in terms of tokenization of assets, it is leaps and bounds ahead from where it was even December, January time, this um, like beginning of this year. Because I think there's more serious players in the market now. People that have come to the market who have been watching this space probably from the back of the room, and they're now coming into the market saying, actually, there are possibilities to create new markets within different asset classes. And, okay, everyone looks at real estate being the main one. Yes, get that. There's others where there's companies that are holding portfolios of super yachts, for instance, or charter jets. I think that from them kind of assets, there is no liquidity. There's no real vision in terms of returns um, from actually physically owning them assets. However, fractional ownership, yes, because I think that there's a possibility to gain a yield on that on that investment that you're probably not going to get from any kind of traditional methods at the moment. We probably never could do um, in terms of liquidity, depending on where you're looking at this from. From a land registry perspective, I think that there's huge opportunities in real estate. I think there's a lot of difficulties in the real estate because there's so many different complexities that are involved that you've got to try and get on chain and try and remove certain procedures that happen when purchasing a property or having ownership over a property. Looking at DVLA, looking at the car car industry, one of the markets I'm talking to at the moment is actually a good friend of mine who's probably one of the largest investors of number plates. Now, number plates are probably the easiest thing to replicate. You can go to anywhere, get a number plate printed and put it on your car. My friend and the DVLA at the moment to see how we can create an opportunity for number plates because number plates have become a huge investment within the UK and the growth in terms of valuation is phenomenal. So I do think that there's so many different areas of opportunity. It's getting the kind of certifiers, if you want to say that, from like the DVLA and land registry to get on board. Yeah. I mean, Mark, to follow on from what you've said, in an unregulated environment where people are tokenizing assets for the purposes of a yield, almost like an ETF, uh, do you see that covenants such as putting a marker on land registry or a, on a on a V5 document on a DVLA for a precious car is a forward or a backward sign. If it's okay, I'd just like to comment briefly on the land registry piece uh, in that actually this is one of the case studies we've been highlighting recently. So there's been a very successful pilot that's been done with the UK land registry, which is actually involved... 40 different countries eventually because there's so much interest in this so there's real blockchain stuff there's real fractionalization stuff 
going on there. This at the moment is more about using blockchain as infrastructure to link up, you know, the the many different uh, players in a particular transaction. I think something like 18 or something in a typical transaction, once you count in the buyer, the seller, the state agents, the 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 legal representatives, the lenders, the, and so on. Um, and we know that already from that pilot that this could have a, a very significant impact in, in reducing timescales. The dream, the ultimate of being able to fractionalize property literally in the land registry and from the ground up and make it fluid. We're, we're a good long way away from that. Um, and the, the, just to come to your other point, the, um, regulation, uh, you know, and, and the rules around the laws obviously made for an earlier age are the biggest issue and concern with that. Um, the, the situation at the moment is um, very mixed and um, not long ago I came back from a, uh, a conference in Vienna, a consultation um, from the, the G8's Financial Action Task Force who are um, seeking to drive regulation globally and they, they do have the teeth to do this. Um, and actually, uh, just put out an update for for members and and others. I've been writing a bit about this, but this is potentially could reshape the landscape because seeking to impose um, regulation that are on what they call VASPs, which are exchanges and service providers, which could again decimate the the field, could change the landscape. Um, and in terms of you know what that's going to look like in terms of traditional banks or exchanges or both. Um, de- depending on that action and how we respond to it and how we deal with a challenge that, uh, you know, implicitly is from uh, the incumbents, really, um, it, it's kind of not difficult to, um, to see, you know, um, their involvement in in all of that will really make a huge difference to how this plays out. So, um, so there's a there's a lot happening in in that whole area, uh, and it, it it is something that that you know um, we're active in and 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 in, you know concerned about and, and actually you know wanting to bring people together around. The regulatory position, it's clear that if tokenization continues with the steam that it has, it's highly likely that the regulators will step in. Barry, any commentary on how this could play out? Well, the, the issue at the moment is that as things stand and and FASF, as they're known, the Financial Action Task Force, are seeking to push through, railroad through very, very quickly by the end of June, um, rules which would be practically unworkable by exchanges so um when they were when they were enacted which could take a year or so um the the picture that we're likely looking at is a lot of exchanges going out of the picture altogether uh, and perhaps a a rump being acquired by banks and so on And, and this isn't about market forces this is about um you know, central action uh, and actually global policy being made by people who are unelected. 
Yeah, I think following that thread of whether institutions will effectively end up driving tokenization because they are the places of trust, with or without regulatory governance being put in place. What about the crypto exchanges? Wouldn't they participate as a point of trust for people to go seeking tokenization services? We could be in that game and we um, potentially need to get into that game. But the game we're in at the moment is very, very different. So so what it looks like at the moment is, um, boldly, there's a determination on the part of the current presidency, which is the Trump administration of FATF, to ram through these standards, which would have the effect I've described. Um, to an extent, we've got the industry beginning to come together to say, actually, uh, you know, here's a better solution. The better solutions are, are on offer uh, to achieve the same objectives. But actually, we're going to have to raise our game, raise our voice, and come together much more effectively uh, if we're going to make even a dent in that, let alone, uh, you know, push that back. I think it can be done, but it, it it's really actually a matter of urgency. Regulation is going to take its time. That Hence why everyone needs to work together. And because you look at SEC, you take the FCA, they've probably got completely different views on how this is going to be structured. Then you look at jurisdictions like Malta, Hong Kong, Singapore, who are probably the other three who are doing certain things. Okay, maybe Gibraltar. Until everyone starts working together and putting their heads together and saying, right, okay, how do we put some sort of regulatory standards in place? It's not going to become very clear. Now, that makes it hard for people who are involved in this space, who are either launching a security token, who are involved in token issuances. Where do they sit? And especially the exchanges. Like the exchanges, in my mind, are at a big risk because they've built their exchange around what they probably feel as though is necessary. But within a period of time, the regulation that comes into play potentially could alter the way that they're doing business. And that's why I keep going back to everyone needs to be working together, the, the JPs, the big companies, the big institutions, and people like us on the floor working it day in, day out, need to be working together to, to find that common ground, find that token standards and support any kind of regulation that's coming into the market. Very keen to, to see how this plays out. And uh, Mark from Coinsiage, thank you so much again. Barry, your wisdom is always appreciated. 